This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Ooh, that's nice and hot, right? Hey, to all you fathers, happy Father's Day. Let's have a hand for all the fathers. I want to lead us in a prayer. Would you please join me? Father, even as I say that, I'm reminded that on this Father's Day, every single person in this room, every single person in this world has a Father who loves them so deeply. Thank you for just being you. Thank you for speaking us into existence. Thank you for wrapping your arms around us and walking with us through this life. Thank you for reminding us through that song that you're the one who walks with us. God, thanks for bringing our Mexico team back safely. We are so grateful that you work through us in ways that you have taken this family that was living in a hovel or on the street, and they now have a two-bedroom home. They have a sink in the kitchen with running water. They have a hot water heater. They have a dining room table. They have a propane uh, cooktop. God, they get to live sort of like a normal family. And, And we're so glad that you used us to help make that happen. Thank you for the church, La Puerta del Cielo. Thank you that with the partnership of hope that we were actually able to pay off the land and buy windows and doors so that later on this year when the weather gets cold and the rain comes and the wind whips through there, that they will be meeting in a building that's sealed off from all that stuff. Thank you for Dorothy's house. God, thank you that tomorrow is Juneteenth. And for those of us who are sort of white Americans and we have a hard time relating to anyone who's ever been in slavery or anybody whose actual ancestors have been in slavery, it's just really hard for us to grasp what it's like to have to work and struggle to be treated equally with everyone else. And we're so grateful for people who fought for all of our freedoms. And tomorrow we will celebrate the setting free of the African Americans among us. And what a huge day that is. And God, there are brothers and sisters, so what's important to them is really important to us. And then, God, we we also pray for Petaluma Valley Baptist Church, another of the churches in our town, and we want to partner with them and pray for Alan Cross and, and his family and the other leaders of that church. God, would you help them to have a great morning of learning and celebration as well. Right now, God, as we turn our attention to the teaching, would you help this to be a great time of learning and of growing our faith, and of growing closer to you. And we pray it all in your name. Amen.
Thank you for joining me. Hey, for those of you who are brand new, my name is Ron. I am, for a few more weeks, the lead pastor of this church. Yes. Uh, here's, a, here's something you can pray about. Our new lead pastor would like to come and be here and move here by July the 7th. That's really soon, right? Yeah, that's huge. They do, however, have to have a house they can live in. And if you've done any research in the housing market right now, it's hard. So would you please pray that God will reach down and touch some some house owner and make them uh, favorably inclined towards Shane and Lori and so that they could come they want to get settled in. Shane's first day on the job will be July 16. So they want to come and get settled in and have a week to get used to everything. I'll give you one other little thing. Uh, if you've been around our church for a while, you know it's my habit to twice a year go take three days, spend them alone with God, and ask him to give birth to six months of teaching and preaching for our church. So that I'm standing up here every Sunday talking about the latest thing I'm upset about or the latest thing I'm excited about. That what we actually learn is a thing that God has planned out for us. Uh, Shane knows that. And Shane sent me an email this week saying, I know you have some dates reserved on the calendar toward the end of July to work on teachings for the rest of the year because I didn't know for sure we would have a lead pastor. So I I booked those dates. He said, would, would it be okay with you if you kept those dates on the calendar? And we went and did that together. How fun is that? So, yes, you, that's a great time. Uh, that will start on uh, Sunday, July 22nd. So it's coming up in about a month. Now, let's turn our attention to something that I think all of us are going to find fascinating and we're all going to be drawn into. There is something that God has planted deep inside the nature of every living thing on planet Earth. No matter how small the organism is, no matter how large it is, every living thing on the face of planet Earth has this desire implanted way deep inside. And it's also true of everyone who chooses to follow Jesus and become a Jesus follower. And in this series, we're calling The Way of Jesus, where we're learning about how Jesus looked at life and what Jesus said about life and what Jesus said about God and what Jesus says about us. And we're learning to to look at our world through the eyes of Jesus Today, as the Apostle Paul writes, guided by the Holy Spirit, he turns his attention to this most basic desire that's in every living creature. So I'll pack up and go home, and you can come back next week and hear what it is, right? No, 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 it's really important. All right, here we go. You have any idea what it is? Here it is on the screen. Take a look. Every living thing wants to grow up. Remember when you had kids and you had the little marks on the woodwork? 
And the kid would stand there and you'd have to say, no, you can't stand on your tiptoes, right? You can stretch as far as you want to stretch, but your heels have to be on the ground. And why? Every living thing wants to get bigger. We just do. Every living thing actually wants to thrive. And we view thriving as part of growing up. And get this. Every living thing wants to bear fruit. That's why your kids would say, when they're like five, and you're trying to teach them how to tie their shoe, do myself. Right? And remember the first time they tied their shoe by themselves, the laces were all loose, but there was a knot there, and it had a bow in it, right? Yeah. And they were so proud. I did it myself. I, what they were actually saying is, I'm doing something. I'm producing something. Now we all know that the whole process of growing bigger and the process of thriving and the process of bearing fruit and producing something is not automatic it requires effort. Remember when you taught your kids the alphabet and you would find them walking around the house going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? And they rehearsed it over and over and over again because they wanted to remember it. It was a sign that they were growing up that they somehow felt more adult than they did before. So Jesus talked about this in one of his most famous illustrations. And here it is on the screen. Jesus said, the kingdom of God, this idea of faith, this idea of following Jesus, this idea that we're going to explore this morning is like a mustard seed, the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Now, this is California, okay? This is not Israel. So you, you might not plant mustard in your garden. There's a lot of mustard plants around. But um, you know what, how big a poppy seed is? Tiny, 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 right? A mustard seed in Jesus' day was about the size of a poppy seed in our day. Now here's what Jesus said. It's the smallest seed you plant in the ground, but when planted, this seed grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. So big, in fact, it produces not just twigs, but branches, and the wild birds can make nests in its shade. Speaking to that basic desire. Now, we're going to come back to this slide in a minute, but for now, I want us to learn four things ab about this concept of growing up. Jesus wants us to understand that faith comes to us in seed form. And no matter where you are in your journey of faith, your faith has come to you in seed form. And in order for it to grow, you have to do what makes the seed grow. Okay? Secondly, he wants us to know that the goal of our faith is to develop, become large, and bear fruit. 
A mustard seed is this tiny little thing, but packed inside that tiny little seed is this tremendous desire to grow, to develop, to grow branches, to bear fruit, and to provide shade. And it's all in that tiny little seed. The seed of faith that you have has all of that packed in it. It has this innate desire to grow, to develop, to get big and to bear fruit. The third thing is all of this desire and capacity is packed into that seed. And last of all, these capacities cannot be realized unless we plant and tend our faith. Let's go back to that last verse and take a look. The the second sentence begins with these three words, but when planted. That's big. Because it's all in that mustard seed, but if you don't ever plant the mustard seed, does it ever grow? No, it won't. Your faith is the same way. So that leads us to a big question, and that is, how can we plant our faith? Yeah. And how can we tend our faith so it can grow up and get big and bear fruit? Well, that's what Paul turns his attention to in this book of Ephesians, in this next section of Scripture, and I want to just read it to us. So here we go. This is our section. This work, and if you were here last week, you understand when Paul says this work, he's talking about the work of building. And if you didn't get to hear last week's teaching, I strongly suggest you go home, pull it up on our website and watch it because it's really important stuff about how God made us to be builders and what building looks like. But this work of building must continue until we are all joined together in the same faith and made full, wow, I like that phrase, by knowing, and the word that Paul is using there in the original language doesn't mean knowledge. It means to know by experience. It's one thing for me to theorize with you, and it's another thing for you to do what Channing did for us earlier this morning when she encouraged us to write down prayer requests. She said, I know this works because I have had prayers in my own life answered. She knows by experience. He goes on, to know by experience the Son of God. We must become mature people, fully developing within and without, fully alive in Christ. Then he starts to get to the benefits of what happens when we actually grow up. Then we will no longer be infants. We will not be tossed about like a ship that the waves carry one way and then another. We will not be influenced by every new teaching we hear from people who are trying to fool us. And I won't even have time to get into that. But if you believe everything you hear or read on the internet, I need to pray for you. (laughs) Got it? Going on, he says, they make plans and try any kind of trick to fool people into following the wrong path. Instead, as we speak the truth to each other in love, we will grow up in every way into Christ, who is the head. And the whole body depends on Christ. And all the parts of the body are joined 
and held together. Each part does its own work to make the whole body grow and be strong. What are the last two words? In love. Wow. Now, I can't begin in the next 20 minutes to pull everything out that's in there. But I do want to talk to us about there are six specific things that Paul points our attention to. And they kind of are a logical progression that goes from us being um, sort of infantile in our faith to us really bearing fruit. So let's take a look at those six things briefly. Number one, Paul wants us to know that we grow as we build. That's why he said this work, this building work must continue. And then a little later on, he says we must become mature people. You see, there's no way for you and I to become strong in our faith unless we are intentionally building, building up ourselves, helping other people build their lives, and we're actually working with other people to build the kingdom of Jesus on this earth. Because until we begin to build, we can't grow. Building is what enables us to grow. That's why it's so huge. The second thing that Paul wants us to know and understand is this. We are made full as we get to know Jesus. And the idea of being made full is not like a bucket that you fill up. It's like a plant that fills out. Does that make sense to everybody? We are made full. We become this this plant that's just growing like crazy as we get to know Jesus. We don't grow and blossom by becoming Bible students. The Bible's wonderful. I love the Bible. I'm teaching you from the Bible. But you could become a Bible expert and be nothing but a shriveled little twig if it's all knowledge. It's not until we get to know Jesus and when the Bible becomes this tool that we use that draws us closer to Jesus and we realize every day, here's a prayer I prayed for all of us today. And that is that we would have a growing sense that God is walking with us. Ever feel alone? I know you have. You ever feel distant from God? I know you have. I still do some days. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, on those days when I feel distant from God, I never have this sense, man, I am full today. I feel so great. No, when I feel distant from God, I I feel shriveled and shrunk. And I feel devoid of real power because I realize that it's only as I get to know God and sense his presence that I actually am made full. The third thing that Paul wants us to know is this. As we get to know Jesus better, we are drawn together in unity. Oh my, I could preach here all morning long. 
I want to say this correctly. My spirit grieves when I see Christians get on TV or on a podcast or on the radio or any other form of, of mass media, social media, and they begin to spout divisive things. Oh, because Paul clearly says, as we get to know Jesus better, we are drawn together in unity. Can I just say this to us? When you and I are feeling intellectually superior to others, and when we find ourselves sitting in judgment of others, and when we find ourselves putting distance between ourselves and others, our problem is not judgmentalism. Our problem is we're not actually close to Jesus. Because as we get to know him better, he will draw us together in unity. That's why Paul wrote and said, we are all joined together in the same faith and made full by knowing the Son of God. The fourth thing that Paul wants us to know is as we walk together in unity, here's the beautiful thing, we experience the protection of community. Every predator... In the Serengeti or in Sonoma County, it makes no difference. Every predatory animal has the same MO. They look at the herd and they try to separate one animal from the herd, right? And if they can separate the one animal from the herd, they have a chance at a hot meal. But if they cannot separate one animal from the herd, they experience a pretty good chance of getting kicked in the teeth. Because there's a protection that happens in community. And we'll get, it, we'll get into a minute how that protection works. But this is why in this church, we spend so much time and invest so much energy inviting all of us to get involved in what we call community groups. Small groups of people that usually meet together every week or every other week. Eight to 12 people. And together, we share life. Together, we study the Bible and the life of Jesus or some appropriate topic that helps us grow our faith because there is a protection that comes in that sense of community that when we don't have that sense of community, we are a sitting duck. And I just want to remind you that over and over again in Scripture, Satan is depicted as a lion. And that's exactly the way lions hunt. And our greatest protection is to be in a place of community 
where the following things happen, okay? Number five is this. As we live in community, we become the fully functioning, living body of Jesus on this earth. Do you like how that sounds? That we are the body of Christ. I'm not speaking ethereally here. I'm speaking practically. The scripture teaches very very clearly that when you and I become followers of Jesus and we draw close to Jesus, that Jesus begins to live in us. And the life that we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. I hope that when I interact with all of you and I hug you in the lobby or in here and we visit, I hope that you can sense what's going on in my life isn't just me. I hope you can sense that Jesus lives in me. And I hope that when you hug each other and when you interact with each other, that you can sense it's not just two people, but that the spirit of Jesus himself is alive and well in you and you are being made full as you get to know Jesus better and you are becoming the fully functioning, living body of Jesus on this earth. That's something pretty fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, we have a lot to live up to. And it's not by hard work. It's by drawing close to Jesus. And then let's go to the sixth thing. And that is this. The blood that nourishes the body of Jesus is heavenly love. Because it says each part does its own work uh, to make the whole body grow and to be strong. How? In love. If you look at the body of Christ, you look at your own body. It's your blood that actually flows through the veins and the arteries of your body and the capillaries. And it's your blood that carries nourishment to all the parts of your body. And when your blood no longer circulates, you no longer circulate. Got it? Yeah. Well, what is the blood that actually flows through? What is this overall context that enables the body of Christ to grow and flourish? It's what Jesus said. This is how everyone will know that you are my followers. It's by the love that you have for each other. And it helps me to picture If I'm part of the living, breathing body of Christ, then the blood that comes to me is the love that I get from Christ and that I can actually put to work in loving other people. And when that happens, I am made full and I get big and I get more mature and I bear fruit not because I'm figuring it all out, but because I have been planted in the soil of heavenly love. Now listen, it's not, I know, 
In Scripture, it just says love. But it's actually talking about the love of God and the love we have for each other. This is not, this is not any other sort of love you can get anywhere else. Oh, yeah, anybody can love. Yes, everybody can love. But I, I could make a pretty strong case that the reason that you can love is because God loves somebody who loved you, who loved you, and you're getting that love second, third, fourth, fifth hand because the Bible is very clear all love has its origin with God. Well, if that's the case, just plug me in direct, right? <laughs> I, I don't want it fourth hand. I want to get it directly. That's how love works. I want to point us to a passage that sort of pulls all of this together. And let's read it. Paul wrote to, writes to the people in Colossae, we keep on asking God to give you wise minds. Would that be a characteristic of growing up and maturing? Yeah, wise minds. And spirits attuned to his will. That also would be a point of maturity, wouldn't it? And then he goes on to say, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. Wow. God's not this mystical thing that's out there somewhere who does kind of whatever he wants, and I'm left here to kind of figure it out. Oh, no. When we get this wise, this, this wise mind and these spirits attuned to his will, he enables us to begin to understand the ways in which he works. You will, what are the next two words? Produce fruit. How about that? In every good work and grow in the ways you know God. I want to close our teaching time by actually praying that over us. Would you join me in that prayer? Loving Father, we ask that you would give us wise minds and that you would give us spirits that are attuned to your will so we can acquire a thorough understanding, not a mystical one, not a foggy one, so that we could acquire a thorough understanding of the ways that you work so that we can produce fruit in every good work and we can grow in the ways we get to know you. Father, in short, like every living thing, we want to grow up. We want to get big. We want to be full. And we want to produce fruit. Thank you for telling us that can happen. Would you give us grace to take our seeds of faith and plant them in you and in your love. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.